This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey guys, quick thing. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only question left to say is... Are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the Gunners. We're back again with you guys for another episode of our Raw Reaction Show. Why was I calling for the games to come back so hard? (laughs) That was a regretful decision, wasn't it? Um, You join me after, of course, Arsenal um, lost 3-0 at Crystal Palace, which is, you know, it's, it's not an unfamiliar feeling um because we've been here before we've we, that's happened to us before and you know crystal palace has notoriously been a very difficult place for us to go and it really was last night but my goodness did we make it hard for ourselves with that performance that was that yeah that was definitely the worst we've played this season um and i count the manchester city away game in that because you consider the difference in the teams available during those two matches this was significantly um contextually worse it really really was um and it's really difficult to kind of work out why um what we saw last night happen it's really difficult to uh to understand kind of you know the performance from us crystal palace were great don't get me wrong and that's the best crystal palace performance of their season um but you we can't just sit here and say we were outplayed and they were brilliant and you know any team would have lost to them because that's not true. Because if you want to get to the Champions League, if you want to get into these positions, you are going to come up against sides that are performing above their level, greater than what we've come to expect from certain teams. And you've got to still get results and you can't put performances like that. So we can't just sit here and say that Crystal Palace were brilliant and uh, that's the reason why we lost because there are lots of reasons why we lost that are down to what we did. And I think that it was certainly one of those performances in which you've seen um, the the kind of the standout issues that are still here. And these games can be good for a very few reasons, but these games can be good because it it can confirm a, a lot of kind of, you know, things that you thought might still be wrong during times of real positivity. And that definitely came through last night. Anyway, good morning to everybody in the chat box. I hope that you're, as I say, I hope you're doing well. I know that you're hurting and you're frustrated and you're really, really, really annoyed, uh, as am I. Uh, and it's going to be a long wait till Saturday. Thankfully, the game is on Saturday because if it was any later than that, you know, it's going to be a triple difficult wait. And thank goodness it's Brighton. I know that 
it seems tempting fate, but Brighton have lost six of their last seven um, and haven't won in, what, seven games. So, you know, if, if we had to choose anyone to play next, it would have been Brighton um, or Norwich, of course. So, yeah, that that's a very, very winnable game, even with the players that still may be unavailable. Um, but we'll wait and see. We're going to discuss the injuries. We're going to discuss a lot more than that. Good morning to Matt, summing up the stream in the right way with the first comment. Uh, Sai, good morning to you. Good morning to you, Adrian, Jose, Martin, Stevie, Pini Ween. Good morning to you guys. Uh, Dave, Marcus, Nikolai, Answer, Noel, Olu. Uh, we've got Sartvik, we've got Afsa, Tom and Paul and Big Owen, Steve. Good morning, guys. And good morning to everybody else as well that's joining us too. Uh, these are the mornings where you really show your commitment to these shows if because, you know, it's, it's sometimes it's really tricky. And I was watching... Um, Sophie from the Highbury squad on Sky Sports just a second ago uh, on their early morning talk show. And, uh, you know, I think that the she summed up the positivity quite well, that this is still a side that can do this. And you have to say a huge shout out to the away fans last night. Arsenal's support is unrivaled at this stage. Our away fans are so good. And there was videos that Mo, uh, who I'll be doing the Arsenal lounge with, of course, with Shaheen and Lev tonight, um, he released a video who was at he was at the ground of the fans at full time chanting Mikel Arteta's name still despite such a defeat. And it was interesting because I wrote about the parallels or the lack of parallels, the, the perpendiculars, if you like, between this game and the 3-0 defeat in 2017. I was there for that game. And I've never seen an Arsenal crowd as hostile as I did in 2017. They were baying for blood. They were calling for me uh, for Arsene Wenger to leave. They were chanting things like, You're not fit to wear the shirt. And if you compare that to what we saw from the Arsenal fans last night, it's night and day. Well, it's night and night, but you know what I mean. They both played in the evening. But, <laughs> but at the same time, it's it was brilliant to see the contrast and the belief from those supporters from uh, what was an equally bad result. Arguably a worse result because of the context of this season and how important it was for us not to drop points. But we'll talk about the game a little bit more in a second. The big, big talking point, of course, is Tierney out for the rest of the season. Uh, Noel saying Tierney out for the rest of the season and Partey until May. It's not looking promising. Um, we may have lost Partey for the rest of this month, which is a huge blow, especially when you consider we've got some massive, massive games this month. Um, uh, hopefully he'll be back for the North London derby. That's the big one that we need to be thinking about. But uh, the positive, I suppose, was Sambi Lukonga came on uh, and did really, really well, uh, I thought. So if we can see that Sambi Lukonga type performance, you know, Partey's absence may not be as missed as much. But Tierney, um, Tierney, I tell you, that that loss is big because he's obviously been a huge part of that defensive unit with Gabriel and White and Cedric or Tomiyasu and Ramsdale. And Tavares, look, before the game, I tweeted out saying that I thought we would see from Tavares what we'd lacked going forwards in in Tierney because Tierney I think this season comparably with his other um, years at Arsenal hasn't offered as much going forward this season as we have seen in previous years maybe that's because we you know we were designed to cross constantly and that's not the way that we want to play anymore but I thought that Tavares would offer us more still going forwards because he's been good look you think about the games against Newcastle against Watford against Leicester um, against Aston Villa earlier in the season Tavares was really good in those games. Really, really good. But as I talked about with Guy Clark on the Arsenal way last night, you know, the, the Nottingham Forest game was his last start, I think. And when you consider that you've been dragged off after 30 minutes, 
and the confidence that hits you with, and then you're dragged off again at half time. Arteta said it was tactical, but you know it was the right decision. He had to be taken off, and I don't. I didn't see many people not <laughs> disagreeing with that choice whatsoever. But now we've got a, an issue because our backup left back is a problem and is not looking good enough. So we've now got to start discussing how do we cope with this. If Tommy Asu's back. He has played at left-back before. He's not naturally left-footed, of course, but he can play left-back and has shown ability of his left foot. Cedric has done okay, pretty good in his stead. And I think that I'd rather see Tomiyasu deputise at left-back and then, then dropping Xhaka into that position because I still think Xhaka's important. And when, especially if Thomas Partey is out, we can't afford to lose um, Xhaka from the midfield. I don't want to move to the 4-3-3 with Smith-Rowe and Erdogan, so yeah, I don't think it works yet. I think that showed last night as well. Another game where we've we've switched it to have Smith Rowe and Erdegaard in the middle and Martinelli left. I just I just don't think it works yet. I don't think we have the the industriousness in the midfield. So I'd rather see Tommy Asu move to the left back or Cedric, who has played there in the past. But I think I'd rather Tommy Asu. I think would be more adept to playing there. The back three is the other answer, says Martin. I mean, how do you form the back three? You go with White, Gabriel, and Tomiyasu, or White, Gabriel, and Holding. Um, but left wing back, you'd have to say it's probably got to be Saka. Right wing back is either Cedric. I mean, you could still argue that Tavares' you know, forward ability is better than his defensive ability. So if you're going to play him, maybe best to play him with a back three. I feel like, though, if you've got Tomiyasu as right back, your team becomes a back three a lot of the time when you are moving forwards. So there's always that. I think the game against Brighton is a good opportunity to try um, to try something, um, you know, to try and implement something. We've got a whole week's preparation before that game. Um, we haven't got any midweek fixtures like there are in the Champions League that are coming up and in Europa League as well. So we have got time to try and find something, to try and do something different, to try and find the solution. But I think the biggest disappointment for me, and I was looking for some comments, and I'm surprised not many people have brought this up yet, um, was Lacazette. And for me, Lacazette was entirely absent from the game. And when he was in the box and getting on the end of any chances, they were very, very poor uh, moments. And I think I saw a tweet this morning that he's not scored a goal from open play in 17 matches. If that's if that's true, that's that's mad. I think I don't know if it was Tim Stillman that did tweet that out. Um, so a quick check. I thought it was, but uh, duh, 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 duh. yeah, I can't see it. I can't see the tweet, but there was a tweet basically saying, oh, here we go. It was Osman. Um, Lacazette's last open play goal was 17 games ago against Southampton. Past few games, he has also not been on it in terms of build-up play. 17 games ago, since your number nine scored a goal from open play. Now, this isn't about getting into a Abamyang debate um, because I still I still have no issues with us moving him on because you know the, the amount of goals that we were scoring um, still exceeded the goals that we were scoring with him in the team. So it's not like it's not like we would have scored more if he was here because factually that's been proven this season not to be the case. But what I would say is that not bringing in that person in January was always my concern. I always raised it. I didn't want us to panic and go and buy someone. But, you know, we could have got someone because Enketia coming off the bench gives us nothing. The reason why he comes off the bench is because we have to try and keep him match fit because in case Lacazette does get injured, we may have to rely on Enketia. You know, that, 
that is the big problem. I don't think he offers... I disagree with you, Viraj. I don't think he offers us what we need. And we need someone who's got the qualities of Lacazette in regards to some of his link-up play because that's shown... I mean, seven assists, you, that's part of the reason we are in a race of fourth place is what Lacazette has provided with his link-up. Um, and so we need a striker that can bring you some of that. But ultimately, we need a striker that's a threat in the box. We're going up against Tottenham for the top four, and they've got two forwards in Son and Kane, and arguably three now with Kulisevsky and the improvement that he's shown in the front line, that, you know, are are a real damaging threat in every game they play, especially Kane and especially Son. And that's what we're up against. That's what we've got to try and change, is that the difference between Arsenal and Spurs has always been the back line compared to the forward line. Arsenal's defence looks to be a better unit, or was rather before Tinny got injured, um, than Spurs's. Our midfield was improving all the time with Partey being excellent this year and Jacker being good this year as well. But the forward line, that was always where Spurs were going to come out on top. And if they get top four, the primary reason for them getting top four would be because of what Son and Kane have provided that side. That is going to be the primary reason. Conte's improvement of the team absolutely comes into account, but the primary reason will be the goals scored by Son and Kane during those matches. And Arsenal just don't have that. And when we get to the end of the season, if we miss out on top four, there will be reflections about the decisions that weren't made in January or the ones that were made to not go and bring in that reinforcement at striker, even if it was for six months. We've talked about names before. We've done names to death on the channel about who, you know, could have gone in, could have come back, um, who could have not gone out on loan. Um, you know, certain things that we've discussed before. But the problem is, is that you look at what Lacazette has given and it's just not goals. It's just not goals. Um, and that is a real key issue. And when we think about renewing his contract in the summer, I'm st- I haven't been able to get on board with that because of things like this. I can't afford, even if his impact on the dressing room is so strong and so good, a one or two year contract, you know, it, it, I just don't think it takes us forwards. I don't think if our marquee strike, if we go to sign them in the summer, gets injured and we have to rely on Lacazette, that that's going to be good for us because it's proving to be a very, very difficult thing um, to rely upon. 17 games without a goal from open play is mad when you're going for top four. So that's a problem. Anyway, that's my kind of monologue out of the way. So we're going to go into the chat box now and go through plenty of your comments. So I want to hear your thoughts. I want to hear what your big talking points were from the game and, of course, your questions too. So if you've got anything that you'd like to throw into the chat box, then please get it in there and we'll go through as many of them as we can. Marcus says, so much for Lacazette. Patrick helping his confidence. Who plays up front uh, versus Brighton? Do you go with Martinelli? That's my question this morning. That's going to be our poll. Is that does Martinelli start as our striker against Brighton? Um, That's what I want to get answers to. That's what I want to know what your thoughts are. So let's get a poll in the chat box. In fact, now let's slightly change it. Who starts at striker against Brighton? Let's go with Lacazette. Let's go with uh, Enketia. Let's go with Martinelli. And it's going to go for a cat amongst the pigeons. Uh, Smith Rowe, false nine. (laughs) 
because that's happened before. So let's not act like it's not an option for this manager. Um, there's your options. Get your votes going um, in the chat box. Oh, I suppose Pepe would have been a big shout, to be fair. Um, yeah, that's probably more of a shout than uh, Smith Rowe, isn't it? Let's end that poll. <laughs> Let's redo that. Who starts at striker against Brighton? And we're going to go with Lacazette and Nketiah. And let's add another option, uh, Martinelli. And let's add Pepe. Uh, let's go. Let's throw that into the chat box. Let's get your votes going on that one. Who starts at striker? What I will say is that, you know, the Pepe argument, I've never been a fan of. You know that. I don't see him having as, as good of a touch as, as stuff that you need. Uh, his technical play in that centre-full position, I'm just not sure. But what you can't discredit is... Um, you can't discredit his his finishing ability. You know he's finished some he's finished some really solid chances for Arsenal. He's one of our best finishers. So arguably, you know, we need to see this could be an option for Arsenal for the rest of the season. It could be something that we could rely upon. So let's get those answers into the chat box at the moment. Though Martinelli winning at forty percent, twenty nine percent still saying Lacazette, thirteen percent saying Ketia, eighteen. Saying Pepe, interesting that Pepe is getting more votes than Ketia right now. Um, if you are voting on the poll, make sure you, after you finish voting on the poll, you drop a like on the video as well. It only takes you just a second. There's a little drop down box below the video, you should be able to find it. Um, let's jump into the chat. Gurtaj says, We've been playing well, lack of linking up normally. I wouldn't, ju I would just drop him based on one game, or wouldn't. Uh, I don't know which way if it was a typo. Uh, Gumsy says, Artera is not experimented enough to deal with when it's time to drop lacquer. He should have known this was going to happen now. If he changed things, it's just a huge risk. I don't put it down to Arteta in terms of not changing up with Lacazette because as we're talking about now, Gubsy, you know, the options other than Lacazette are not, you know, they're not clear, they're not obvious, and they're not well tried and tested. And when you're only playing one game a week, which we are, there isn't much scope to not play what you perceive to be your best team. So I don't think you can pin that on Arteta in regards to not experimenting enough during a season with very few games. Maybe if we had more games with, you know, um, uh, FA Cup that we obviously went out in or the League Cup uh, in the earlier rounds, perhaps we could have experimented more. But we had a Bamiyan back then in the first half of the season. So I suppose there was less, um, there was less scope there. Colin, no, I didn't. So you can't blame me. The bad omen was not there last night. So uh, no, you can't blame me for that one. Uh, Franklin says Pepe should play up front in a free role where he doesn't need to track back. He can get behind fast in all our low crosses. Uh, Jake says lack of motivation, it seems, which is hugely disappointing down to the manager. Wow. I, I I really struggle with that one. Um, I really struggle because I just think that you have to point your fingers at the players last night because you look at the performances of what we've seen, you know, since the Everton defeat, which was our last defeat away from home. And the motivation has been there. The team spirit has been there. This for me is it's a, it's a performance where you really do look at the players' performances. I mean, the misplaced passes from Partey, Erdegaard's was really poor. I know we've talked about Erdegaard and we've waxed lyrical about him. Really, really poor. Tavares was the obvious choice to come in for Tierney. Was really poor. We made the right decision to bring him off at half time. It's really difficult. Um, it's really difficult to turn around that on the coach. Manu says, can we agree this game was 100% on the players and not Mikel? I, I, I can't say 100%. 
because you know if you say 100 percent, then you're absolving him but you know i look towards the players in that game specifically as my primary there's been plenty of games where we've looked towards the manager much more so i mean you know the Everton game, I looked towards him for the team selection. The Manchester City game away from home, I certainly looked towards Arteta. And that was one of the big reasons why I was very much saying that a change of manager at that time wouldn't have been the worst idea. Uh, that was the away game. So, look, I think in this game, you have to you, you have to look towards the players. Amandeep says, Arteta clearly asked Gabriel to make those two mistakes. Exactly. Um, this is it. Uh Pachen says, uh, Tom, think a key issue is lack of rotating, giving minutes to players like Tavares. But when you've only got that one game a week, you know, rotation is not going to be key and rotation is not necessarily necessary um, because you've only got that one game and you want to play your strongest team week on weeks and you want to play the players that are performing to try and guarantee your results. So there you go. Um Gums says, but Tom, don't you think the last 15 minutes of games, he should have tried Martinelli or Pepe up top instead of a like-for-like change? Arguably, yes. Um, it's a fair point. And I think that maybe bringing on someone like that to try in the last 15 minutes of games would work. But if you think about our last few matches, we've been winning them by very small margins. Um, margins that we couldn't really afford to risk. The, the Villa game, we bring on Pepe and he nearly cost us. Uh, all three points in that game. So, and you look at the games before that, and it wasn't like we were blitzing teams. We were playing some really nice football, but the Watford game were very close to losing at the end. Again, brought on Nketiah and Pepe, and we're conceding. So, it's not like we can afford to necessarily risk when the score lines aren't allowing you that. People calling for, say, Flores last night to be brought on to give us something. You can't when you just it's it, the experience for them is being on the bench and being in the match day squad, but they're not designed really to be substitutes. Which sounds mad, but they just aren't designed for that yet. They are designed to be getting experience on the bench. Only the very very worst case scenario, like every forward player gets an injury, and you have not much choice. Uh, Weedy says Smith Rowe left wing don't work. He's got no pace. Wow. I mean, have, have you watched this season? Because Smith Rowe on the left wing has got some... You watch his goal against Aston Villa? Like, I'm sorry, but I really don't get this idea of just focusing on what we've seen in the last game as opposed to the entire season. Smith-Rowe has got plenty of pace. I don't you need to worry about that. Um, and you could just go back to watch his goals from this season to recognise how wrong of a statement that is. But uh, And on the left wing is one of the biggest reasons why he's got double figures for goals this season as well. Uh, Dan says, I felt like the Everton game, but Palace are a better side and hopefully we have a big bounce back now. But injuries are making me feel so nervous. Reese says, Saka should have been given a penalty, in my opinion. Yeah, I obviously I don't want to go back and blame this on the referee because we didn't deserve to win this game. But I do think you're right, Reese. I do think that he was bundled to the floor. I do think it was a clumsy challenge and it was worthy of a foul anywhere else on the pitch. And so therefore, it should be um, it should be a penalty. How much that would have changed the game, we don't know. There's absolutely no way of knowing. But yeah, I do think that there was a penalty that was not given once again to Arsenal. Uh, King says, Tom, is it becoming an issue that our two best wingbacks have a lot of injuries? Um, to be fair, this is Tommy Asu's first uh, for Arsenal, in fairness. But it is a problem that you know has kept him out for a significant period of time. Tierney as well. When we were talking the other week about would you accept 50 million for Tierney and you were able to go and sign someone else, you know, it's things like this these reoccurrence of injuries that we've always had at Arsenal that would make you be more open-minded to a sale for 50-odd million quid 
and then bring in someone that's more reliable um, in terms of the amount of games that they're going to be playing. So that's something to consider. Christian says, some of the subs haven't played a single minute for ages, yet those players will be easily targeted. Do you think Arteta should have integrated them more and given them more minutes if plan A doesn't work? You know, subs have been happening. Subs have been taking place. Pepe has been coming on. And Ketia has been coming on. Both players that, you know, would have come on last night had Pepe not been ill. Tavares, I always thought could have been could have been brought on more. Lokonga could have been brought on more. They're the two players that I look at. Thankfully, Lokonga looked good. Tavares, as we know, did not. So that's arguably it's half and half. Yes and no. Some players have been brought on, other players haven't. Um I don't look towards that as the reason why we lost or why we should be worried about what's to come for the rest of the season. Jermaine says, we may drop some points, but I think we get hypocritical when we lose. It is on to the next one and we bounce back. Uh, Paula says, uh, it seems like when every time the good opponent is playing a good high press, we cannot break it. It happened in Brighton away, Liverpool and last night. Do you think it's on Arteta or the players? Teams that play high press, well, we very, very nearly got a game, we got a result against Manchester City who are constantly pressing you the entirety of the game. You know, Aston Villa in that second half were pressing us and we've kept them out. We think about when we, we've gone to places like Wolves, consistent high press, and we've come out of there with a result as well. We've beaten teams that play the high press. It's, it's not a categoric yes and no or a binary answer to this. Does it always happen? No. And I think Palace's intensity last night really rocked Arsenal from the first three minutes. And, you know, they they made sure they were the dominant side during the fixture from minute one. And Arsenal were really unable to get into things. As soon as we conceded, the heads went. That's the problem for me. It's not about breaking down teams with high press because we've done that against Wolves and against Man City. We've broken down those sides. It's actually against teams that hit us hard in the first 10 minutes. It's teams that we concede early against. That's that's where we're finding problems. That is where we are struggling ultimately to, to turn games around. And look, Palace, I can't remember the last time that they've lost at home when they've scored first. There's a mad stat about when they've scored first at home when they go on to win things. They're a very good side at doing what they do. And, and it's not like other teams haven't gone there this season that were supposed to win and haven't either. It's a, it's a difficult place to go, but... The performance was a really big worry. A really, really big worry. Sam says, Arteta will go through the team through and have them firing for the game against Brighton. Let's put it down to an off game. Still have a game in hand to look forward to. Uh, Amandeep says, any better team to try Gabby up top? I don't like the idea of him playing up top, but Laka was atrocious yesterday. Dropped his head really early. Let's have a look at how the poll's getting on. 220 of you have voted. I'm hoping the same amount of you have dropped a like on the video as well, which hasn't happened yet. If you're dropping a vote on the video, please drop a like on it as well. Um, Lacazette, 29%. Enketia, 14%. Martinelli, 39%. Pepe, 17%. Martinelli still taking um, your top votes at the moment. Ty says, I've not seen a Tomiyasu training pick. It's been... Uh, He's been touch and go for three months now. What's going on? We don't know. And until we speak to Mikel Arteta in his press conference at the end of this week, Thursday, I imagine, we won't have an update on him. Hopefully, we start to see him in training. He was said to be in training, doing some individual work, but we've not said or seen anything uh, concrete on that yet. Axel says, uh, sorry for being late. Slept late today. It's a terrible performance from the boys. We didn't look up for it, but this group of boys has showed character before and will bounce back 
uh, hate the injuries. Yeah, you're not wrong. Uh, Anza says, both our fullbacks are injury prone. We need more solid backups. Marcus says, the start of the season, Tavares looks so much better. How can he regain confidence? By playing. That's the only way that he's going to regain confidence is by getting minutes. Uh, Night Owl says, still need to give Tavares a chance, but if he can't cut it, put Saka there and start Pepe. Don't weaken the midfield. Nick B says, Tavares played like Kalasinac, always passed to Gabriel and never... Uh, forwards, hope his confidence comes back. Uh, Daniel says, hopefully Sutton United sign Eddie. He might not struggle in that league, harsh. Norris says, morning, Tom. Look, this game is dead and gone. If there is one person I don't mind losing to, it's Vieira. Uh, we move, uh, we move. Dave says, we had two wingbacks wanting to go forwards last night, creating swathes of space at the back, hence why Kieran Tierney has been sitting. It's why we need one of Tierney and Tomiyasu back. We need our structure. I mean, there's an argument that we should go to a back three if we don't have those two available to give us that extra protection. That's the argument. Who you lose is a really big question. Who do you take out? Because I think there's an argument that maybe Saka goes to a wing-back role, Martin Odegaard goes to one of those wide positions and drifts inside whilst the wing-back Saka overlaps, either on the right or left. That's an option for us. But I think the back three is is going to have to be something that is discussed if we are losing Partey and if we are losing Tierney for the rest of the season. We're going to have to wait and see. Uh, Dan says, hi, Tom. Do you realise that Tavares was fouled prior to that first goal? It looked very, very clumsy. Um, if that was an Arsenal situation, it probably would have been ruled out. But if that was an Arsenal situation, I don't think I would... I'd, I think I'd be very, very... Um, resistant to the idea of, of cancelling that goal if it was Arsenal. It's not just because obviously I'm an Arsenal fan, but I, I'm not sure that there was enough in that moment, to be honest, to uh, to call it a foul. Um, I, I'm not sure that there was enough, enough going on for me personally. The penalty, though, is different. I do think we should have been given a penalty. Vincent says, I just want to say, please, Arsenal fans, don't allow our emotions of last night's loss to becloud our senses of reasoning about this team. Come on, you gooners. Uh, Shoshant says, Tom, do you think the club's mistake from January transfer window is going to haunt us? I've said that before, and yes, I do. Um, Sinatemba says, football fundamentals, you do not mess around with the spine of the team, hence Lekonga and Elneny find it very hard to be subbed in. Asa says, Tom, I can't see us fighting, to, uh, see us finishing top four, and I said this long ago that selling Alba was a big, big mistake. Facts, I disagree with you, Asa. I don't think it was a mistake. We've scored more goals since he left. It's factually incorrect that that we're worse off um, with him out with him out of the team. It's just it's just factually wrong based upon the amount of goals we've scored since he's left. It proves that point. So the issue is not bringing in a replacement. That's the problem. It's nothing to do with the Bamiang. It's to do with the replacement that we didn't bring in. Coop Dog says holding has been unreal in a back three this season. Let's try it. Axel says the one shining light for me is the performance of Sambi over the Thomas injury. He will tackle the next uh, two games and then hopefully Thomas will be back. Put Saka at left back. Bring Pepe or Martinelli in. Dennis says Tom, we need support. We need to support this team to the end and they have given us great moments. We stick together through everything. We go again on Saturday. You know, something I also thought last night is it kind of puts into perspective also kind of the overachievement that we've seen so far this season. It shows you what this team is achieving uh, and kind of, you know, the levels that they can perform at and how low and how disappointing. We're sitting here saying Lacazette's not good enough. Tavares isn't good enough. That Cedric's not good enough. That, you know, the performance from Partey wasn't good enough. We are highlighting all of these individual player performances as not being good enough in the game. 
And yet we're still saying that we it's a failure if we don't finish in the top four. We're trying to get to the top four with Lacazette as our only striker. We're trying to get to top four with Tavares as the backup. That if Tom, if Partey's gone, you know, we're looking and asking questions. That Cedric's coming in and playing at right back to try and get us into the top four. And we're talking about, and people are describing it as a failure still if we don't get top four. It puts, for me, the context of the overachievement of qualifying for the Champions League and what it would be this season to do it. We still can do it. But we'll see. Clive says, I have to ask, who was worse, Gabriel or Tavares? It happens. I do feel like I feel for Gabriel, Clive, because of Tavares next to him, you know, almost having to babysit at certain times, being left and exposed so many times. But Gabriel wasn't good. I can't sit here and say that he's abstained of all of his poor mistakes and decision making. He's had a mad last few days, but that doesn't excuse that performance. And I think Tavares next to him, you know, is is an issue. I think when Xhaka was next to him, he did look more composed uh, and less jittery. But yeah, look, I think that's certainly something to focus on. Uh, Jelly says, Tom, a foul is a foul. It don't have to be enough contact. I, I mean, it's again, it's not binary. There is certain times where physicality is involved and it becomes a foul after a certain amount. So I'm sorry, again, I don't I don't agree with you there, Jally. Um, I don't see that as a foul. Mogos says, Arteta shouldn't have started Tavares if he doesn't trust him. Well, he said that he did. He said it was tactical as to why he took him off. So according to Arteta, it wasn't to do with trust. It was to do with a tactical change and that it made the most sense to take Tavares off. Tarun says, Edu and Arteta will, under, uh, will be under the microscope for that January window. Fans are short-sighted as well. They don't talk squad depth. All they talk about is the first 11. Uh, Tarun, that's not generalised, first of all, because you can't describe all fans that way. What I would say is that in regards to the January window, a lot of fans, especially in this chat, have talked about the naivety of not bringing anyone in. Uh, I certainly have. And I think that when you look at the squad depth in the team, it's always been something we've talked about. So maybe it's the circles that you're talking to to run beyond anything else. Sam says, I feel like we need to uh, we need top four to attract the best talent. We're always going to need top four to attract most of the best talent. But you look at the players that we've signed in the Europa League. I always think about the... Cha- Imagine the transfer window is like 100 doors and behind each door is a top quality player. If you're in the Champions League, more of those doors are open. But being in the Europa League still opens up plenty of those doors it's just not anywhere near as many as if you're in the champions league you can still sign top players you can still progress towards your goals of trying to get into the champions league by signing players that would join without that competition so it's it's certainly something that we need i don't look at getting the top four as the reason for the getting the players is not the reason for me wanting to be in the champions league that is not the primary reason why i want to be in the champions league the main reason why I want to be in the Champions League is because, one, it's where Arsenal need to be to be on this level of progression. Arsenal need to be in the Champions League to have a chance of winning it. And, you know, it's that next stage of progression for Arsenal. Getting more players and buying quality players because you're in the Champions League is a bonus of being in the competition. But for me, it's not an out-and-out reason to be in it. It is a bonus of being in it because you can still sign quality, quality players outside of that competition. But it obviously is a huge help. I'm not going to deny that. Maximius says, once again, we proved that our fan base is our club's worst enemy. Um, Maximius, what I would suggest you go and do is go and watch the scenes um, last night at full time. And then find out anyone that's gone to that game and tell them that. 
before we start saying that our fan base is the worst thing. I know you're talking about mindset and being fickle, but let's not generalize a whole fan base when we've witnessed that those fans go to Selhurst Park at 3-0 down and still show the support that they did. And one of the biggest reasons why we are where we are this season is because of the support and the unity of the fan base behind this team. It's so frustrating sometimes when we generalize the Arsenal fan base because it's just not fair. It's just not fair on so many supporters that go to games and or don't go to games and are consistently showing their support all the time. So, you know, let's let's be more specific about who we're talking about. Uh, Jay says, our match-going fans always support the team, even in losses. It's just that the online fans... Again, it's not all online fans. <laughs> it's not all online fans. You're an online fan right now talking to me in a chat box. So uh, it's not the same thing. Norris says, Tom, is it crazy for me to say I want Eddie starting the next game? I personally think that it is. <laughs> I would personally go for Martinelli and then Pepe as possible other options to Lacazette. Um, but Lacazette is going to start. I have no doubt about that. Uh, Vuk says, reactions of the of the base is interesting. If we win the last game, uh, we will win them all. We will win them all. If we lose the last game, we will lose them all. Let's go for the next game. That's it. It's just got to, you know, we've just got to focus on the next fixture. It's as simple as that for us. Uh, Poria says, being angry as a fan at a bad loss is our right. It doesn't mean we stop supporting the club altogether. It shows that we that it shows we know they are better and that we are demanding the best from them. It's a better way of putting it. I certainly was angry last night. I was certainly asking and demanding more from what I saw. Um, but I wasn't losing my head. I tell you that I didn't lose my head last night at all. Um, I really wasn't. I think that it's one of those games that's going to happen. I think it helped us to highlight, you know, the areas that need to be switched out and changed and some of the tweaks that need to be made. And look, I'd rather that we dropped points in this game than against Man United or against Spurs. I'd rather it was this one. And I said that on judges channel when I was asked, would I lose rather lose three games against Crystal Palace, Brighton, and uh, and Southampton will lose the points against you know West Ham and United, Chelsea and Spurs. You'd rather you'd rather lose the points now than lose them in that game because we need to make sure we're picking up points. We need to make sure we're not losing. I'd rather get the kick up the arse right now for the next game than I would in those games where we're gifting them points. Get the kick up the arse that we need now. You know, we'd been riding a bit of an arrogant wave for a while and maybe we needed this reality check to go into Brighton. So if there was a time that it was going to come, now was not exactly a bad time to have that reality check at all. That's what I would say about it. That's for sure. Paul says, we need to put this performance down to a bad night in Croydon. We prepare and focus for Brighton and see how the boys react. Axel says, I respectfully disagree with you, Tom. Lacquer is our best option. Just had a terrible game. If we should bench Lacquer... Should we bench Erdegaard and Gabriel as well? Lacquer starts. No, I don't think it's the same. Lacazette's not scored in 17 games out uh, from open play. Our number nine has not scored in 17 games from open play. Erdegaard has not been bad for 17 games. And I'm saying that Lacazette's necessarily been bad. But, you know, when your primary directive is to get us goals, um, it's, it's certainly something that needs to be focused on. 
it's certainly something that needs to be focused on. So, Ruin, thank you for the donation again, mate. So, should have used certain fans. Needs to net positive of players incoming in the summer. No point in getting two forwards if we lose Pepe and Laka. It would still have the same depth. Uh, Maximir says, mark my words, Tom, we will be defeating Chelsea and the same people who were spewing venom will be gushing all over. We need to have faith in Arteta and Co. Look, I think for the most part, and as I said, as you saw at half, uh, saw at full time from the fan base, we're still very much behind this. You know, the majority of people are still very much behind this project, behind the manager, behind what we think we can achieve. You know, we've elevated ourselves into a position where this season we could overachieve and get top four. I don't think the majority of people thought that, that was what we were going to get. And I think that performances last night gives you a bit more of the reality of where we are and, you know, of how much we have overachieved already. And I think that is important to consider. So when we when we when we were sitting in fourth prior to Spurs' game with a striker that's not scored in 17 matches from open play, that kind of tells you what we're dealing with right now. So the fact that we were that we're in and we were and still have in our own hands a top four race, you know, is is still for me a really solid thing to point to at this point in time. Uh, I feel like there's a TGT sneeze coming. Hold on. <laughs> oh, I couldn't mute in time. It was <laughs> I just couldn't mute. I'm usually pretty solid with that. John says first choice is Martinelli, but I'd much rather see Pepe than Enketia. He showed that he can provide a bit of magic and being closer to goal, he has less distance to lose the ball. I think it's a solid point. I think it's a really solid point. Pepe being further from the goal has struggled. Put him closer. You know, it'd be interesting to see how he gets on. It gives him less obstacles. It gets him close to the goal and gets more opportunities to score. I really think that there's a there's something to be said right now. It was always a case for me that I never really wanted to see Pepe play as a striker because it was a square peg round hole. But when you're in a situation where your round hole is... What? That sounds so weird. <laughs> when you're in a situation where the natural option for us, you know, is just... It's not working... Sometimes you do need a little bit of experimentation with what you've got. That's that's what you need to focus on. Tarun, thank you so much for supporting the channel and becoming a member, mate. Welcome to the family. I'm sure you're going to be showing a warm welcome by everybody in the chat as well. Uh, Panras says, I won't be surprised if Holdings at centre-back and Cedric at left-back and White at right-back to keep the back four with Lukonga in for Partey. It wouldn't surprise me either, to be honest. Vichel says, Tom, should we have gone with a 3-4-3? Do you think Tavares is better suited to a left wing-back role? Yes, I do. Um, Poria says, it's about momentum. I hope they pick it up again and start the winning strike. International break happened at the worst time. Axel says, but he is the only proven striker at the club it's maybe a mistake from Arteta and Edu, but he is our best option. He was terrible last night, no doubt, but I feel that we should stick with him. Marcus says, does this highlight the need to grow squad size in the summer? I think it absolutely does. Um, I still think there is impressive players coming through that provide us with some depth, but uh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, Marcus says, can we play Lacazette and Pepe as one player, i.e. Lacazette control and Pepe finishing Bayern played 12 at the weekend. Um, can you play with a two? If you go to a three at the back, maybe you can. If you go to say a three, four, one, two, or a three, five, two, you can make that work. The problem with that is, is that someone like Martinelli and Smith, both of them arguably are missing out because you're going to go for a wing back scenario where Saka is going to be one of them wing backs. Tavares would probably be the other one on the other side. You've got Lukonga and Xhaka in midfield while Partey's injured. 
Odegaard playing in a number 10 kind of role, and then Pepe and Lacazette up top. That's that's kind of how a 3-5-2 might work, but I don't know. It, we need to we need to make some changes, and I think there needs to be some reaction to this. We can't play the same team again. Obviously, we can't because of injuries, but we can't play a like-for-like like team based upon what we've seen. There needs to be some kind of change, surely. Um, there needs to be some kind of reaction. Uh, otherwise, we risk we risk seeing this this end of season kind of peter out, and we don't want that to happen. I know it's only one game, but it was a really enlightening game. <laughs> a really, really enlightening game. Anyway, we're going to wrap things up there. Thank you so much, guys, for tuning in. Uh, I, I was going to apologize, but it's not my fault <laughs> for why it's such a somber morning. Um, still do drop a like on the video. Let's have a quick check on the poll before we wrap up. Um, 340 of you have voted. Uh, 31% uh, vote for Lacazette. 13% for Enketia. 16% for Pepe. 39% those say Martinelli. Interesting when you consider then that's a total, then looking at the combined percentages, that over 50%, 69% of people say that they would drop Lacazette at this stage. Uh, interesting. Interesting indeed. Uh, anyway, thank you so much for tuning in. It's been an absolute pleasure to join you guys, even in the circumstances. Uh, I'll be live on the Arsenal Way at 10. I'll also be live on the Arsenal Lounge at 8 p.m. Uh, yeah, tonight. Make sure you tune in. It's going to be an interesting pod this evening. Lots to be had, lots to be said. And uh, I'm also on the way this morning too. See you soon. And as always, up the Arsenal. It's the 90 plus minute. All your mates around and you've got a McNuggets share box ready to go. And you know a late winner's coming. Your mates already got booked for a double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfection. Order now on the McDonald's app for your McDelivery. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.